This is the Gospel for Life, where we have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. Around the table today is Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Jonathan Van Hoogen from Dayspring United Reformed Church, Vinnie Hanke from Valley Life Community Church, and Ryan Hemphill from Treasure Valley Reformed Presbyterian Church. To catch earlier broadcasts, just search The Gospel for Life wherever you subscribe. To find out more about this ministry and about our annual conference, go to ReformationBoise.com. Welcome back to The Gospel for Life. It's good to be with you. I'm going to do a little plug for the conference just because between the last time we were in the studio, I have officially registered for the conference. I know this is a huge shock to many of Stop our listeners. Stop the press! <laughs> so, if you have not registered for the conference and want information on the conference, you can go to ReformationBoise.com and find the details. Um, there should be some new details coming pretty quickly. We finalized um, the talks, so that will be up on the website in the near future, but you can go ahead and register. That's ReformationBoise.com. The dates are September 22nd and 23rd. Our speakers are Jonathan Gibson and Miles Van Pelt, and we look forward to seeing you there. It's the buffest lo- theologian in Reformed theology. That's correct. And he's not referring to, to myself. <laughs> <laughs> that is Dr. Miles Van Pelt. We have been doing some just Q and A with with the the guys around the table and the guys around the table today are Vinny, Josh, Jonathan, and myself um, during the summer months. This is the great joy that you have as our listeners. You're going to hear a potpourri of different people as people leave for vacation, come back from vacation. So it is a revolving door, and it is good to be with you guys this morning. Good to be with you. Good morning, Russ. And potpourri, huh? <clears throat> potpourri. Is that the Calvin type of potpourri? Yeah, I'm not or? sure. I'm really not sure. <laughs> Smells like cigar smoke yeah. And, yeah. and library. <laughs> you will not distract me. Sorry. Um, <laughs> we are going to talk about something that might on the surface appear to be a little bit macabre, but <laughs> what I want to know is what text would you want preached at your funeral? I don't know if you guys ever spend much time on this. I just know from in our church, I have the my care group are the older people in the church. Mm-hmm. And so in the course of visitation over the years, you do have those individuals well, you pick say up, to, you pick say up to up me on things, yeah. Yeah, you know, this is my favorite text. This is a text that I would want preached at my funeral or whatever it would be. Do you guys have uh, a text that you would want preached at your funeral and and what I would be most concerned about is the why behind the the text. For me, First Corinthians fifteen, um, and I don't really care which part of it. The first, you know, verses you just talk want about a long funeral. Yes, I mean, <laughs> if if the preacher preached for like two hours and a couple of them died while <laughs> being preached, I'd be fine with that. Um, no, but uh, I delivered um, unto you that which was of first importance, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scripture. And then he goes into the necessity of the resurrection. He goes into the ascension of Christ and the victorious session of Christ. He talks about our resurrection bodies. And then at the end, you know, he has that famous, uh, death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? So that would be my text. And then 
the person preaching it, I would want my son to preach it. He's going to ministry right now, and I, w- I would love it if he were able to do that. So hopefully I'll, I'll stay alive for at least another few years. <laughs> I say First uh, Thessalonians 4, uh, we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers, uh, concerning those who are asleep, so that you will not grieve like the rest who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again in the same way through Jesus, God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep. I want uh, my funeral to be a hopeful affair. That is, I want people to be present with a confident expectation of good, that this is not a goodbye, but simply a see you later. Uh, because of the resurrection of Christ, we can have hope that we'll be reunited <coughs> with those who have died in him. And then uh, if he's still around, I, I would want my mentor, a uh, guy named Pastor Jeff Luddington, he ministers in Southern California, to do my funeral. I'm hoping... One of us will be able to do the other's funeral at some point in our lives, but hopefully uh, he'll have to do mine. So, I, uh, I, I probably a text, maybe perhaps from Second uh, Corinthians chapter four, it talks about our ministries and uh, you know reminder that we have this treasure in jars of clay that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. And you know, there's a part of it. It says. For we who live are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake, so that the life of Jesus might be manifest in our mortal flesh. And it's just a reminder there. Uh, you could you could even flow into Second Corinthians chapter five. For we know that if the tent that is our earthly home is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. So I that kind of fixes you know chapter four. There kind of fixed my understanding of uh, the ministry. It was one of the things that framed my ministry when I began, talking about we have this ministry, the mercy of God, we don't lose heart. You know, talking about we've renounced disgraceful things, we're persecuted but not, you know, we're pressed down but not destroyed. There are a number of parts of that that relate to ministry that have been important. And I'm not sure who I would have uh, do. I, I think I would call on uh, one of my my former associate. Ryan Crone, you know we we he'd be, still t- he'd be dead. Yeah, I won't be I won't be calling on him, but I'll be, I'll be leaving I'll be leaving that message behind. You know, sorry, I'll be leaving that message behind. Uh, we speak probably once uh, once a month. Still, he's been gone from Boise area for at least a decade, but we we communicate on a regular basis, and uh, so it's been just a wonderful experience. Probably him or my brother. My brother's a pastor as well, but your family has a tendency tendency to sentimentalize too much, and that's not an area that I want them to go into. I, I don't want them to lift me up. I want them to lift Christ up. Amen. With me, with regard to sermon at text for my funeral, uh, the joke around our house and church is that I have like 50 of them. I kind of do a Lloyd-Jones. He, This is the most important chapter of the Bible. Yeah, And, he, <laughs> and Lloyd-Jones said that like 73 times. I agree with him. Every time he's preaching, it's the most important thing that they need to hear. <laughs> yeah. But the one that I kind of circle back to time and time again is, is Psalm 115. And the opening says, Not to us, O Lord, not to us, but to your name give glory for, your, mm-hmm. for the sake of your steadfast love and your faithfulness. And... There is a tendency at funerals to make mm-hmm. it about the person who had passed away, mm-hmm. and I would want it clear and that it, it's not about the person who passed away. It's about God, mm-hmm. and it's really about his steadfast love and faithfulness. And this text, you can't really mess it up. 
I mean, you, you can't. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You can't drive it in the wrong direction, and so I would want this to kind of be what. Because what else is there to talk about, other than God's steadfast love and faithfulness? Right. I mean, when it's all said and done, when we're all said and done, that's all that really mattered. Mm-hmm. Is that um, God was leading? God was directing. God was doing what only He could do is what redeeming sinners, and so. I would want God to get glory because I know me and I know that it's only because of his steadfast love and faithfulness that I am what I am and I, I'm not what I'm not. So, And as far as who would I would want to preach, I, I think I would – I went to, I was a little bit older when I went to seminary, so there's some guys that I went through um, that came in at the same time that were a little bit younger than me that I would want some of those guys to – and I really don't care which one – but there were a couple guys that I was very close to that we keep in contact with that I would want to preach preach the sermon. Well, I, I think about Josh saying he would like his uh, son to be able to preach his sermon. And, I, you know, that was one of the things that I had to do for my father. And, uh, you know, it's, it is one of the hardest things that one can do. To, to be able to stand there, one, one to control your own emotions uh, because you've lost somebody so dear, but at the same time to point them to the same place that they were pointing others to, mm-hmm. yeah. which is Jesus Christ. Amen. The next one might be, it's a little bit in the similar vein, but slightly different. Favorite hymn, favorite Psalter. That would be a little easier for me to pick that. I, you know, there's a, there's a couple I, there's probably three hymns that I love, and one of them would be Be Thou My Vision. If you haven't heard that one, it's from the 11th century. It's a great <coughs> hymn. The other one is... Why don't uh, you sing it for us? Huh? Yeah. <laughs> you know, that, that's the problem. No, I, no, no. I, no. We're told specifically from our producer last week, no <laughs> yeah. singing in the studio. Yeah. I listened to the Independence Day message yesterday, yes, so yes, yeah, yes, I, yes. I heard that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and that's So that in, unreasonable. That in that in the hymn, Whate'er, whate'er My God Ordains yeah, His Right, so good. His Holy Will Abideth, I will be still whate'er He doth, and follow where He guideth. He is my God, though dark my road, He holds that I shall not fall. Wherefore to him I leave it all. Yeah. Those two hymns. There's a, there's another one that I love. It's um, a, a Fanny Crosby hymn called "Be Thou Exalted," and uh, it just you know the the refrain lifts me up to heaven when when it's sung. And I can remember years ago saying I'd love to have this one sung at my funeral. Um, and we. But it was new to the congregation, and they sang it, and I said, maybe not, <laughs> because it's not the most familiar hymn. Um, Be thou exalted forever and ever, God of eternity, ancient of days, wondrous in majesty, perfect in wisdom, glorious in holiness, fearful in praise. Be thou exalted by seraphs and angels. Be thou exalted with harp and with song. Saints in their anthems of rapture adore thee. Martyrs aloud, hallelujahs prolong. Mm. Just takes me to heaven and takes me to that uh, great uh, day when we're all called together. Yeah, my my favorite hymn is a cliche, but sorry, it's uh, it as well because of the story of Horatio Spafford's family um, behind the hymn. But then the hymn itself, uh, my verse three, my sin, oh the bliss of this glorious thought, my sin not in part but the whole is nailed to the cross and I bear it no more. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, oh my soul. I know it's probably a lot of people's favorite, but there's a reason for it. It's so, so good. 
Uh, I like uh, uh, Christ the Solid Rock, uh, the refrain, On Christ the Solid Rock I Stand, All Other Ground is Sinking Sand. Yeah, just the, the hope that's built on nothing less but Jesus' blood and righteousness. That one for me has always been a favorite. And then uh, out of the Psalter, Shane and Shane do a version of Psalm 46 that I very much enjoy, uh, where they have a chorus that uh, just speaks of Christ being with us in all circumstances. Yeah, that's a good one. I think my favorite hymn is Nearer Still Nearer. I there's the last refrain or the last line says nearer still nearer while life shall last till safe in glory my anchor is cast though through endless ages ever to be nearer my savior nearer to thee nearer my savior still nearer to thee and the whole song is about this progression of the Christian life that we the whole pra- it's a it's a prayer that he just wants to be nearer um, mm-hmm. still nearer. And then I, there's a in the new Trinity Psalter there's a uh, a rendition of Heidelberg Catechism question and answer one that I have no other comfort and yep. I find that's, that to be just beautiful. such a beautiful capturing of the Christian life that I have no other comfort basing it on the Heidelberg Catechism question and answer. Well, we are going to continue what we have referred to as rapid fire pastoral question and answer. The, the, it's not quite as rapid fire as, as I had thought when I first designed, but hopefully you are benefiting. And hopefully it's making you stop and, and just think, well, what would I want to have sung at my, what sermon text would I want at my funeral? What, what songs mean something to me and why? And it's really the why question that hopefully you can pause and think about and reflect on and say, okay, What's important to me in my Christian life? Well, you've been listening to the Gospel for Life. We'll see you next time.